Hey guys, welcome to the Swap Moto Podcast. I'm Don Maeda and I'm joined by Benny Tazi of Bell Helmets. Um, Benny, this uh, Moto 10 Spherical that just debuted, it's been in the works for a long time. Like this is the longest I've seen a helmet on racers with no information. Well, it goes back like even farther than that. Like this helmet has actually been in development uh, for six years. Six years. Six years to develop this. Because the Moto 9, not the Moto 9 Flex, but the Moto 9 has, what's this the is, generational span of that? So, uh, of the original chassis of Moto 9, like that James wore, mm-hmm. um, it's, this is its 10 year anniversary. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then we updated it with um, Flex. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got the carbon shell and the Flex interior, and um, that was about five years ago. Okay. So, um, and then about that time is when our advanced concept group, um, who really, I mean, they think of, um, really outside the box stuff. And that's the, the point of it. Like, you know, why do we have to put on a helmet like this? Like, why can't we it be two pieces in it? Go, yeah. You know, so they explore all those kind of ideas. And, um, a lot of the ideas of this helmet came from that. So like they're, they're their own kind of like skunk works that, you know, they're working on that stuff independent of what else is coming out. Mm-hmm. But Flex came from that group as well. So, okay. yeah. You know, what's crazy is uh, thinking back a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. To the Moto 7. Yeah, okay. okay like, I love the Moto 7. Really? Okay. Did you know that I had a helmet replica of the 7? Yes. You, yeah. uh, only because you told me, though. Yeah. Because if you look back in the catalog, it's called the swap. <laughs> yeah. But it's because I swapped and I've busted my head so bad in it yeah uh i split the forehead foam and i sent it back to uh sackett yep chris sackett at bell at the time and uh uh, they wanted to inspect it but they liked the paint job so much they replicated it no that's cool yeah yeah yeah. but uh so i love the seven to be honest i hated the eight i didn't like the way the eight looked yeah and uh the eight was a very short-lived generation right yeah very much so because i remember uh when the eight came out James Stewart was wearing it, mm-hmm. and he's all, I was at his house taking pictures. He's like, hey, show me some pictures. Goes, Does my head look big in this? <laughs> and then he's called the Jack in the Box helmet. Because yeah, then, yeah. then that's when he started wearing the, was it the SX9 then or SX? Uh, SX1. Okay. So that was like the less expensive helmet. Yeah. And he actually was wearing that for a short span of time and as we were finishing up uh, the Moto 9. Yeah. Was yeah. Stu part of the catalyst to get the 9 out so fast? Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is before my time, but yes, from what I'm told, yeah. he was like a big push on it. And, you know, at that time, like, it was like, you know, do anything that James says. Yeah. yeah. We, With we the did ecstatic some, liner. Well, yeah, and we did some funny stuff, too, just for James that, you know, uh, historically we haven't done since. Yeah. yeah. I think he had special nines, right? Like they're... So they were literally seven millimeters longer in the chin bar yeah. than the standard helmet, his own mold, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, it was just like, uh, just like an aesthetics thing for yeah. him. And, yeah. But it didn't, um, didn't make as much sense for production, you know, because we actually wanted to be a little bit more compact and mm-hmm. um, that was just extra weight and all this stuff. But at the time, James was our guy. He was, yeah. The, yeah. you know, the pointy end of the stick. So we were, uh, I think they were just doing what we needed to do, so. Okay, so then the nine uh, enjoyed a great 
lifespan, yep. and then it got the, the Flex. Yep. But before the Flex came out, you guys had a program. It was before your time, too, I believe, but Moto9 yeah. Custom. Yes. Right? So I... No, I was around. That you was, were. That was right when... Uh, that was maybe like my second year with okay. Bell, but go ahead. Because yeah. Bell flew me up to uh, Santa Cruz. Yep. <laughs> we put that neoprene thing on my head so I look like some crazy kamikaze pilot. Right, yeah. And scanned my head. Yeah. And lo and behold, made me this helmet that was perfectly fit. And the theory behind that was a perfectly fit helmet is safer because there's no gaps and yeah, hot course. spots. Yeah. But it's funny because the first time they made it, my custom helmet they mm -hmm. made it out of a large shell oh yeah so i was like i look like jack in the box it, it was all so big. big yeah so i i expressed that yeah that i didn't like the aesthetics of it yeah and they were able to make it work with a medium shell yep and i will say that is i'll say until i tried the 10 yeah it's the most comfortable helmet i've ever put on my head yeah but nice. the weird thing about it was you know when you see like chips or any of the hollywood movies you know you see guys like just pull her helmet off like yeah you know like a flower pot yeah you know in a real helmet you got to pull on the straps and yeah, pull yeah, it yeah. up for some reason the way that helmet is built i could just go boom on and off yeah yeah it wasn't really so much of a squeeze right but uh yeah i didn't i didn't have to thank god test the safety of that helmet right. i didn't slam my head on the ground in, yeah but i just know that forever that was my favorite helmet yeah yeah it was the most comfortable but yeah that, so. that worked out really well and uh, I mean there was just like a ton of logistics in in the custom fit program yeah and then what ended up happening is when we introduced flex into the market and it had what you know we called adaptive fit with the softer EPP yeah. material it, it allowed for uh, the a little bit more flexibility sorry to use flex but yeah but like the the ability to like make up the difference for those little bumps and misshapes yeah. in people's heads yeah, I've got corners back here. Right? It's a Japanese thing. Yeah, yeah. But the way the flex is, is you know, it's, it's like fingers, right? Yep, yep. And so they can move to accommodate your head. So a Moto 9 Flex to me was very comfortable as well. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like the custom one, but what could be like the custom really, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, but the technology behind the flex was real exciting because it had the... Yeah, we started to look at performance at like the lower end, right? So mm -hmm. we, we um, you know, we've always thought that, you know, those upper end crashes are the ones that we need to protect in because mm. those are the ones that are truly life-threatening yeah now not saying you know and that's like velocities of like eight meters per second seven eight meters per second like for sure that's capable for somebody like your full-grown adult riding a 450 like you can create those velocities no problem like mm -hmm. it is very likely that that will happen so we wanted to to protect in that range but then that's when we were trying to like look at the broadness of the range like um you know some of our competitors came out where they were very focused on the low end yeah. performance right and so we wanted to see like could we make something that was uncompromising right mm -hmm. so and that's where flex came from was like uh, started to introduce rotational, look at lower speed impacts, and then um, you know we coined the phrase uh, protection across the board because now we had a helmet that performed from three meters per second mm -hmm. to eight meters per second. You know, yeah. so such a such a range. You know, and what is the name of the uh, material in there that's like 
multiple impact, right? It yeah, so we have three layers. So one, the outside layer and the shell are pr pretty traditional. So like that's, um, you know, uh, multi-layer uh, layup shell with, uh, you know, carbon fiber and nylon and a bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. And then EPS, which is expanded polystyrene, the yeah. same stuff that, you know, everybody's been using like actually since 1954 when Bell made the first fiberglass and EPS helmet, mm -hmm. right? So these are the materials that everybody's been using since. And then this is when we brought in new materials of EPP and EPO, um, which actually came from um, when we were owned by the group that included Easton so mm -hmm. and um, Rydell. Yeah. So it actually came from, those materials came from the football, the football side. side yeah. yeah. And the, and um, they rebounded. So EPS is one compression. So these are these two new materials that we used in it uh, could compress and rebound. Mm -hmm. So that's where we got the performance on the low end. Okay, so Motor 9 Flex was previously the best, most protective helmet Bell has ever made. Yes. I think I saw Cooper wear the Moto 10 prototype at the KTM track like two years ago yes the first year he was on it was uh it was it was december of 2018 okay because yeah. i remember i was there and you're like no photos <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but i remember looking at it and going what the heck is that shell yeah you know, two pieces or, or you yeah. know just the way it looked was so distinctly different than anything else yeah but you guys ended up developing it to a point and then testing it in competition because yeah guys have been racing it now since early last year right? yeah yeah so uh, like the helmet is radically different right like if we were going to make the we knew the predecessor to the moto 9 had to be groundbreaking mm -hmm. you know so like we literally like wiped the the board clean and, and started over and, and and this helmet was truly born from the needs of of the best athletes like mm -hmm. um you can ask jeremy um he him axel eli cooper um all these guys were involved from the very beginning they yeah. from you know a 3d printed prototype just trying it on mm -hmm. seeing what that feels like uh all the way to the point of like testing it and then giving their influence and um you know like even like eli for instance his big thing was um, the seal of the goggles. So he really wanted a good seal. So we actually changed the shape of the shell, uh, narrowing it towards um, the eye port to allow for that more, um, that better seal for him, you mm -hmm. know? And like, so that was all, those things were all born from what they needed, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's only so much that we can do at the test track or at Eli's private place with them riding by themselves you yeah. know like there's only so much we can do so you could have had him ride in public with a helmet skin on <laughs> yeah. remember those nylon oh uh, yeah oh yeah like with dinosaurs or whatever yeah. on it yeah but okay so you brought it out yeah they raced did they it wasn't like anaheim won last year it was no it was the last in, round right? of supercross in, okay in um uh salt lake. salt lake yeah 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 that was like after the break and the pandemic and stuff mm -hmm. um tr truly the plan was to to have them start outdoors so they were already supposed to be in outdoors at that time uh, at wearing it and and 
It was purely testing reasons. We wanted it on Cooper and we wanted it on Eli um, because like at that point we got to see like it's got to get roosted and power washed and you know all these yeah, things yeah. because we didn't know everything was it's just so experimental on the helmet mm -hmm. that um we didn't know would it fill up with dirt would the top of the helmet break you know we didn't yeah. know and um so yeah it was nerve-wracking time but the performance was there and the guys wanted to wear it yeah i you heard know? i heard something cooper it was hot. And it was like, hot. Give me that helmet because yeah. it bent so well, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's a big story on this helmet is um, is the ventilation on it, um, and um, like the issue, like, and you'll hear other um, helmet manufacturers talk about ventilation, right? And the first thing they say is how many uh, ventilation holes are in the helmet, yeah. right? Um, but what they don't express is like, one is like, how does that actually benefit the rider? And like, no one talks about getting the air out of the helmet, mm -hmm. right? And it's actually, we found that being critical. So we have a wind tunnel at, at our mm -hmm. office um, in the dome in, in uh, Santa Cruz. And um, we found that if you, the exhaust was the most important part to evacuate that air out of there. Mm -hmm. And then now you can get a drying and cooling effect, right? And then we looked at it and we're like, how do we place these vents to help beyond um, just cooling the rider down? Because we wanted to, to, to help with some of the challenges that riders have. And like one of them that like, specifically Cooper who sweats a lot, um, he sweats through his goggles right mm -hmm. and on those hotter days like managing that has has been difficult for them right and um, we've come up with other solutions in the past but like uh, with the ventilation of this helmet uh, we actually developed what we coined as uh, sweat management mm -hmm. and um, you know the guys describe it as they can feel the sweat uh, running down their forehead and the way that we have the ventilation channel set up is that it uh, pushes away from their brow and behind their ears so away from their goggles mm -hmm. and uh, effectively uh, making those goggles last longer you know wow hey guys it's ryan villapoto now that i'm living the retired life and not bound to factory team sponsors i'm able to choose my partners when it comes to building my bikes. I choose Backyard Designs to create my motorcycle graphics because they do a great job. Their kits look great, go on easy, and last long. Backyard Design has the most comprehensive and user-friendly graphic website in the sport. Use the discount code SWATMOTO at checkout for a discount at BackyardDesignsUSA.com. Who does Ken Roxon, Jay Sexton, Hunter Lawrence, Jet Lawrence, Mitch Evans, and four-time world champion Tim Geyser turned to for power. Yoshimura, since 1954. Since 2005, Risk Racing has been a leading innovator within the motocross industry, all while doing it in their own unique way. Whether you are looking for the premier motocross transport system, the Lock and Load Pro, or the EZ Utility Jug, the fuel can of choice, for me, SGB Racing's Alex Ray, Risk Racing is there to be your go-to motocross shopping destination. Head over to riskracing.com today and see their entire product line. Use code SWAP at checkout to receive 15% off the entire purchase. Hey everyone, Don Moetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge Hubs, the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up 
to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next, cleaning air filters or changing oil. Tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey, what's up guys? This is Connor Erickson, but you probably know me best as Buttery Films. Temecula T-shirt printers handles all of my merch needs and also services many other big players in motocross. Whether you're starting a brand or just want some team t-shirts printed, there's no one that does better work or has a service as good as these guys. Check them out online at TemeculaT-shirtPrinters.com. Hey, this is Colt Nichols of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team, and I rely on Guiltless Food Co. to keep me fueled properly, feeling 100%, and is super convenient. It's healthy food that doesn't suck. Sign up at GuiltlessFoodCo.com. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world. Period. The engineers who design your bike trust Inspect Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Okay. You made the iPort closer for Eli, right? Yeah, we narrowed who, it. Who yeah. of your stars yes. was the most particular and who uh, demanded the biggest change? Um... I would say it was different for each guy, and it was, and that's why we use so many different guys. Um, we even, you know, Gautier Paulin in Europe, mm -hmm. um, and, and they all had different feedback that all helped. I will say that uh, Eli was probably the most critical of the interior, mm -hmm. and pointed out some things that um, I did I wasn't even expecting, you know. And it was um, he was talking about there's the neck roll in the back. Yeah. And he wanted it to be a really smooth, seamless integration into the cheek pad. And um, whereas the original, you know, liners that we were using with him uh, didn't quite mesh in mm -hmm. like that. And he said it would leave a gap right here. And then sure enough, you know, as I'm trying it on or we look, you know, even at the Moto 9, we're like, oh, yes, like this is gap right here. Yeah, it's much smoother. So, um, yeah, that was an interesting thing. Um, Cooper was much more concerned about performance. 
patients. You know, like he really wanted to feel the ventilation and uh, the safety aspects of the helmet. Um, they were all very critical. You know, uh, Paulin rode mobile. You know, with this helmet that has you know so much ventilation. And all the sand. Oh, wow. And we were worried. Yeah, we we're like, does it ruin his goggles? Does it fill up with sand? Whatever. And you know, luckily, um, you know, per the design, worked great. And, you know, uh, gave his stamp of approval, and mm -hmm. so it was, it was really great to see all that, but it was, it was very important for us for it to perform in that way, yeah. Okay, uh, I would say six months ago, mm -hmm. uh, I tried it on, yeah. right, at, at, the one you brought for Jeremy to try on. Yeah, yeah. And I was all, give me that thing, yeah. and I tried it on. How different is the production one from that one? That was pretty late in the pre-production process. Though, wasn't yeah, it? we made some tweaks to the liner. Mm -hmm. um, mainly, uh, I would say the only difference from what you tried on to what we have now is just like fit and finish type stuff. Mm -hmm. So maybe not even stuff you would recognize, but like some stuff that we really wanted to make nicer. Yeah. You know, as we were kind of just like dialing in that last 1%. But mm -hmm. no, that was a pretty vetted product when, yeah. when you saw it. Okay, so here, here's the helmet in front of us. Yep. Those of you that are listening to the podcast, audio only, if you want to see what we're talking about, go to the YouTube channel or swapmorelive.com to see it. But let, let's see this thing, Benny. Okay. Finished product. Yeah. So Moto 10 Spherical MIPS. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Spherical MIPS is a completely proprietary thing, right? Because the MIPS slip liner yeah. is kind of set a standard of sorts in off-road or all helmets. Yes, yeah. So um, this was a product developed uh, with MIPS. We use uh, MIPS elastomers. Mm -hmm. um, the, the ball and socket design was something that we had and we had used on the cycling side of the business. Um, it actually came all the way from the snow side of the business. Um, and Giro originally was like the first one with snow helmets um, to, to incorporate spherical in, mm -hmm. but now it's made its way to, to yeah. the Yeah, because you gave me a, a super... Bell Super mountain bike helmet yep. and had spherical nips and I remember putting my thumbs in the liner and going moving it around it's and going trippy. Yeah. dude this moves so much you yeah know? yeah um, so I do want to say a little bit about this like like I said uh, is this one of the thousand so this is even more special than that but um, but yeah we made a thousand of them uh, just for this original release this is part of like the celebration of uh, the motor series, the continuation, like it's mm -hmm. all about that. And uh, we wanted to make something really special, so we did thousand comes with this special bag. Um, they're individually numbered, um, and then there's a special graphic that's uh, that's going to be one and done. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that that's what I've seen on Instagram with the red liner. Yeah, so this so is the red liner is the special edition. Yeah, the red liner, the red mouthpiece. Um, we did a bunch of like you'll see little details, thermal exchange airflow system. So that's the the name for the T system. We did mm -hmm. you know Moto Ten um, limited edition uh, spherical. So we we called out all the technologies, uh, the panoramic goggle port. So we. We optimized this goggle port to the largest within testing reasons. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, if there's a goggle that doesn't fit in this, it's not a goggle that's made for helmets, <laughs> you know? So, you know what's crazy is, so the black helmet that we're looking at right here, yeah. it's very stealthy. Yeah. The black with the white 
gasket. gasket yeah, that I have. The white gasket really accentuates how many vents are in the front of that thing. I yeah, it really like makes it um, a lot more visible, huh? Yeah. The, with the with the black rubber, it's kind oh, of this is sick. The patch on yeah, that. yeah. So that's um that's a badge on the back uh, motor ten, and then it's you feel it's got like texture yeah. to mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah, we just did some stuff to try and make this one really special to uh, mark the moment in time. You mm -hmm. know, it's uh, um, there's a lot of people that. You know, I hear people all the time say like, "Oh, I still have my Moto Three and my Moto Four, and you know, and those guys like to hold on to stuff." And you know, people hit me up on Instagram and they're like, "Oh, I have to get one for my like collection." Mm -hmm. so that's what we were trying to do with this one. Is um, even down to the unboxing experience, like we added some stuff so that it felt um, special because it is special. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to run through the features with me, or sure. shall I ask you the things that stand out to me? I can just kind of start from the outside and go in. Yeah, let, like let's do that, because I mean, I'm super intrigued and interested. I mean, to me, it looks like a two-piece shell. Yes. Okay. So, it is, in fact. So, this is our two-piece segmented shell. So, this is a shell that's made like no other shell has ever been made anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. um, these two pieces are attached. Um, via some proprietary uh, technology that we have, um, uh, borrowed from the aerospace industry. Um, it's the same way they connect two composite pieces in there, and um, is obviously tested well beyond anything that we put it through. Yeah. So um, this was a unique solution. So uh, a lot of people, especially like when they were first seeing this helmet, they're like, oh, there's not much venting on the back of the home, mm -hmm. they didn't see any holes, right? And here, right? yeah, so the cha the challenge was was like um, with a normal standard helmet, no matter the shape of that vent that you see on the exterior of the helmet, whatever brand it is, mm -hmm. is actually only a hole of a certain diameter. Yeah, this, in the EPS, right? In the EPS. So if you look closely, like that shape of the vent might be like a triangle crazy, but it's actually a hole of a certain diameter, right? Yeah. So that was the challenge to the engineers, like how do we get more air out of the helmet? Mm -hmm. So um, so twofold, this this helmet solved two problems. One, now this bottom side of the helmet, this is all an exhaust vent, right? Mm -hmm. And if you took the top, I tell people, if you took the top of this helmet off, it looks like a cycling helmet. Like the, vent, oh, yeah. the vents are huge on the uh, underneath this. And that's how effectively we're getting so much air through it is because we're able to get all that air out of it, mm -hmm. right? So, and then on top of that, the added benefit is, is now there's less holes in this shell. So one of the big problems with carbon fiber is how stiff it is, mm -hmm. right? And because we have less holes in this shell, we are able to reduce um, this layup, the, the amount of material in here, to allow that flex and get the performance and impact. Mm -hmm. Usually it's a big compromise um, because of the weight that you're trying to save with carbon fiber, but the stiffness of it, and you have to change the, the compressible material on the inside uh, to, to make up for how stiff the outside is. So we found like a really good uh, mm -hmm. happy medium between the two. Yeah, I have a question about the TV shell. Sure. <clears throat> is there any uh, function of the two piece shell that allows movement, or is this all for venting? No, um, it's all for venting. Um, although, like I was saying, um, because there's less holes in it, it mm -hmm. does it is a able to be a little bit more flexible than traditional mm -hmm. carbon fiber. But no, not specifically. There's like no suspension to it okay. or anything like that. It is rigid. 
Okay, now the shape of the shell. Yes. This is very aggressive, right? Yeah. Um, overall, it's still a round helmet because I know that round glances better yes. when it hits the dirt. Yeah. Uh, but you're able to work some cool looking ridges in that aren't going to catch the dirt. No. Uh, is this all aesthetics, style, or is there testing in the shape of the ridges and stuff to have a venturi effect a lot there? Yeah, definitely with the um, shape of the visor, we think about uh, the aerodynamics of that. Um, but a lot of these are just style marks, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so the Obviously, this is functional on goggle. the side here for your goggle. You, you know, the there's little... guys in the 250 beginner class that are going to benefit from this. Yeah, <laughs> but the guy, <laughs> we put the little lip on the back for, for to let you know that that's where it's supposed to go. Yeah. Um, so those are absolutely functional. Um, and then the rest was just drawing into the air vents and the helmets. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, talk a little bit to me about the, this is called the Flying V visor design, right? Or uh, just flying bridge. Flies. Flying bridge, okay, so it's yeah. only fastened on the side. Yeah, only on the sides, not in the center. Um, this is to add flexibility to the visor. Yeah, So we, I tested that a lot. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there's, um, you know, some of our competitors have different solutions for how to minimize the effect of or, uh, the effect of the visor hitting the ground. Yeah, yeah, adding additional torque. Um, mm -hmm. But we use uh, material polypropylene um, that's just very malleable and will mm -hmm. deform uh, and, and not affect rotational. And this is something that we we um, test a lot. We actually have our own rigs that. Um, that we made ourselves to test. Mm -hmm. So so that's one thing that we like to tell people is like, yes, we this is a Snell and DOT rated helmet ECE, you know, but we have our internal standards. And, yeah. and um, so it, it has to hold up to those standards first. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's move to the inside. Then. Okay. Yeah. So um, just the next thing, obviously, on the outside of the helmet are these uh, these bumpers oh. that protrude, right? So we're calling these the NMR bumpers, so no missed races bumpers. Um, <laughs> and the idea is that not that uh, a collarbone or an injury to your shoulder is life-threatening, but it is uh, an injury that takes you out of the championship, right? Mm -hmm. So this is like part of that forward thinking um, to what the athletes need, you know? Yeah. like beyond just uh, the safety in the helmet, but how do we make it perform better for them, right? Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like our beyond just head safety. Uh, so some cushion. Some cushion there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For the collarbone. Yep. Uh, in addition to that, we actually increased the amount of energy management material through this chin bar uh, by 25% mm -hmm. uh, over the old helmet, so adding more energy management material um, in areas that we think are necessary, right? Um, then the... The next big thing um, is going to be the interior of the helmet. So um, the interior of the helmet, we actually use uh, a virus, a company virus, oh, yeah. um, for their cool jade uh, liners. Mm -hmm. And um, it's something that we've used on the rotary side of the business, and we brought on to uh, motor side. So it's just an ultra premium um, cooling fabric. It actually yeah. should feel like cool against your skin. Mm -hmm. So no, I've uh, I've got some virus base layers yeah. that I wear when I'm cycling. So there's the cool jade one and then the coffee warm one. Yep. The coffee warm is hot. I know. Right. Yeah. So, but the cool jade actually does feel cooler than wearing, say, a, a standard underarm. 
told you know because it does have that uh, it's like particles of jade or something in the fabric right? yeah like crushed up into the yeah. fabric and that's what gives it like that cool feeling even when you just like put it up to your face yeah so wow you could look at the liner and there's so many vents in the liner yeah also. all shaped in that direction that's the same thing we did here like uh flex was shaped like these fingers like yeah. this right yeah so what we effectively did was we rotated it like this so that we could take advantage of that um the direction channels. yeah yeah so and then uh the big thing that uh the big story here is spherical so this is the ball and socket um motion and this is uh for rotational you know and um flex had a rotational component to it, it can crush five millimeters in any direction yeah um what i tell people the difference with spherical is it's the same like when you look at a kit suspension on you know any of these riders bikes uh they use special coatings, right? Yeah. And those special coatings are your brother Reduce friction. Yeah, like reduce friction. And they reduce just that moment of friction, right? Yeah. So it allows the uh, suspension to move just a little bit easier. Increases flexion. Yeah, so that's exactly what we did, is we, we lessened the amount of friction necessary for this to move, mm -hmm. right? And because we know how important this is, um, uh, to safety of the brain, right? Yep. We, we found that linear impacts, like these straight, like the boxer's punch, whatever, although not good, are, are very survivable. Mm -hmm. But it's actually like the rotational of like landing and coming in at an angle and leaving at an angle that um, that cause tearing of the connective tissue in the brain, mm -hmm. and that's obviously a much more significant um, uh, injury. Yeah. So. And then there's a lot of little stuff that we also did. So we actually offset um, the, the head form. So the, where your head sits in this helmet is slightly back because okay. we increased the, to increase the amount of material here in the front of the helmet. Um, and that was just because the likelihood of a frontal impact, you know, just the physics yeah. of it. You're an object traveling forward in space, mm -hmm. like you're most likely to hit here. So we want to offset a little bit there. Um, so maybe Dahmer's that face won't look like it's pushing out of the hole, right? Well, that's yet to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, you sit a little bit back, and then that's why we had to tweak things. Like this is the area that we really shaped in for the goggles. For the goggles, yeah. and um, yeah. So okay, the inside. Yes. The Moto Nine Flex had those three different materials, materials right? Yes. Does this have the same three different materials? We have or two. We two. reduced down to two materials. And because that's of the spherical nibs. Because of the spherical. Yep. So we still, you can see the dark and the light spots here. Yeah. So yeah. we still use EPP and EPS. Um, we just don't use the EPO. Which is the red part? So the red part is actually the slip plane that oh, it slides okay. on. Yeah. Right? I'm used to seeing yellow for that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is yellow in, in the mm -hmm. top there. Um, and you can see like the the elastomers that you're used to yep, seeing. Yeah. Um, so spherical MIPS is that something that's proprietary to Bell because you guys yes. helped develop, it, right? Yeah. Well, we, yeah, we developed it in, in conjunction with. Okay. So we're not gonna see spherical MIPS in a XYZ helmet as well. Only yeah. Bell. Yeah. Okay. Spherical. How much better does a spherical MIPS uh, perform in rotational testing than motor nine flex or motor nine MIPS? Yeah, so it was a it was a significant difference. 
Um, I can't quote you like energy um, levels just because of legal reasons yeah, or whatever, but it was a significant difference. Like as you can see with just how easily it slips, you can tell that it the performance of it just increased dramatically. Yeah. You know one thing I'll say about it is uh, if you're able to go to a dealer and pick up this helmet and you're gonna push on the the spherical nips with your fingers, you're like, wow, I move so easy and so much. Yeah. You know, I, I'm very, very privileged to have taken delivery of a Moto 10 for me already and ridden it several times. Yeah. My impression of it was like, dude, I'll be able to grab the mouthpiece and go bring it and move it around. Yeah. You don't really feel it when you're riding yeah. or you don't feel, when you're doing that, it's just comfortable like any other helmet. Yeah. More comfortable than that helmet, but you can't detect how much it's really moving, but I'm sure when you hit your head, you're going to feel it, right? Oh, it moves a lot. Um, a great example of that was Cooper in Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, we went head first into those whoops. Yeah. Uh, he actually rotated it so hard forward mm -hmm. um, that he ended up uh, breaking one of the last ones. Really? Yeah. Anchors. And um, I mean, you saw went on to, to win later yeah. that night. Yeah. So, like, that's the effectiveness of the helmet, and, um, you know, it's. It, that's what we built it for. Mm -hmm. Okay, Moto-10 spherical nips. Yeah. How long will this one live? Because I know that team's already working on something else, right? Yeah, of course. We always are, and that's what we're supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. Um, this is going to live on. Um, you're you're going to see spherical make its way onto other products. And, um, you know, the, the kind of short goal for us is to be able to um, carry this down into other products. Yeah. you know, maybe maybe not as expensive a product, you know, maybe mm -hmm. it loses some other features, but maybe we can offer this performance, a safety performance in um, less expensive comments. Mm -hmm. That's our ultimate goal is to protect heads. Yeah, dude, it kills me when, you know, I see a guy with a $10,000 dirt bike with a $1,400 titanium exhaust on it. He's wearing a hundred dollar cheese dick helmet, right? Yeah. That just gets me. It's like, dude, motorcross safe sports don't require you to wear helmets, dude. Yeah. Dirt bikes are dangerous. They're a lot of fun and they're how we all make our living, but bottom line is you need to protect yourself, right? Sure. And the whole cliche of dress for the crash, not the ride, yeah. it's so, so true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just we've ever since the Transworld days we've always preached, hey, invest in a good helmet. I mean you hear the people going, Oh dude, it costs seven hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars for the helmet. Well, yeah, dude, but that's nothing compared to your co-pays at the emergency room. Totally. You know? Yeah, you know, helmet, uh, boots, like, those are things you don't want to skimp on. Yeah. You know, like, if it means skipping on out on a set of new gear, you know, pants and jersey or something, like, it'd definitely be better to invest in this. And, um, you know, we, we took a lot of that into account when we made this helmet, too, is, like, we really wanted to make it more rugged, you mm -hmm. know? Like, um, uh, so... We, that's why we tested all this stuff, you know. We were worried about these with power washers. We, we were worried about all of it, you know, mm -hmm. so that it could perform. Like, we went through a lot of process to make this top liner super durable, mm -hmm. you know. So this can survive a bunch of washes yeah. in a washing machine and, and work for you for a long time. Okay. I mean, maybe I'm a dirty bird, but, like, as a helmet guy, right? Often, did someone wash their helmet? Like every time you wash your gear? Um, 
You know, that's that's up to the individual. I would say, yeah, like the w the way that we have magnetic uh, release cheap pads and um, just four snaps to plug the liner. Like, mm -hmm. why not throw it in? But if I can, this is, these magnetic ones are going to stick to your dryer. Yeah. The, the, the out dryer? You don't run the dryer, do you? Well, you could. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking back to my like race support days. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, and yeah, it'd be better to just air dry. And the best way to wash it is machine, or because when I rarely do wash my own pad, yeah, I go to the sink. Yeah, and I just you know I wet it and I, I'm washing it like this. Oh yeah, and then I leave it out in the middle of the island, much to my wife's dismay, on a thing of paper towels. Yeah, so that when I'm loading up to leave, you I don't forget. It. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's the worst. Um, no, totally can survive a machine wash. Um, but I would say if you really wanted to like stretch the life of it, hand washing it for sure will make mm -hmm. them last so much longer. Cool. So. Okay, so April 17th. Yes. Moto 10, spherical nips, drops. Yeah. Right? Are they, uh, how, many, how many different graphics are you making? So for the initial launch, it is just the LE. Just the limited edition. Just the limited There's only a thousand. And there's only a thousand globally made, individually numbered. Globally. That's going to go like that. Yep. Okay. What is the price tag on the LE helmet? Uh, it's $850. $850. Yep. I don't flinch on that. Like, if I was... Here's another thing, too. It's like, you look at the average, like, 250 beginner class, or and you just see a lot of cheese ball helmets, right? Yeah. But, like, at the Swatland Race Series, you look at the 50 and 65 classes, all premium helmets. Yeah. Because parents are like, I'm not putting a cheese ball helmet on my kid. Yeah. So I mean, that that that's good to see. I think that's a good trend. Yeah. You know, because we've uh, we've looked at the helmets on our starting lines and stuff before, and it's like it's good to see not too many Connor helmets out there. So. Yeah. But yeah, if I was gonna, well, heck, last this past summer, I I taught Megan how to ride my daughter. Yeah. I put her in Motor Nine Fletch. You yeah. Know, it's of course. Like, I don't want her in something else. She liked this one pink helmet, but I don't know you're wearing this. Yeah, no, so this was, uh, like I said, it was it, it, it was born from the needs of those athletes, and, and we didn't want to compromise. Mm -hmm. we, we wanted to make the best helmet you can, right? Like, you think about all the stuff that um, these athletes have, you know, um, they're wearing goggles that have special foam, they're wearing custom tailored gear, mm -hmm. um, you know, custom uh, knee braces and boots that are super special to them, yeah. um, riding bikes that have parts on them that we could never touch. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you right now, Cooper Webb, out of the box, small. Really? Uh, Eli Tomac, out of the box, medium. Mm -hmm. We do not change anything. Like if if um, when these become more widely available, say, and we were at the races, Eli needed a helmet. We could run down the street to a dealership mm -hmm. and grab a black helmet, throw some monster logos on it, and yeah. Eli wouldn't know the difference. And an eagle sticker. And, and <laughs> okay, the LE's dropping. When is the next drop of say graphic versions? Or it's coming summer summertime. Summertime this year, right? Yes. Okay. Any hint on uh, what the non-LE helmet will cost? Will be 850 as well? There's going to be a range. So they're like um, for like a solid graphic or whatever, mm -hmm. then um, you, you're going to get like a $50 discount. Mm -hmm. It's going to go from seven uh, 750 uh, to 800 850 mm -hmm. depending on the graphic. Yeah. And then we have a bunch of, um, I can't say too much, 
but uh, we have a bunch of athlete graphics coming out um, uh, later down the road, mm -hmm. and uh, a bunch of fun stuff with some of our collab partners and new partners. And so yeah, really excited about all the new stuff that's coming in the year to come. Okay, so I'm assuming a Prozergan helmet, a Fast House helmet, a Star helmet? Will you guys make a Star helmet? You know, these are all things that are possible. How about a Benny Tazi helmet? <laughs> that would never no, sell. No, I wouldn't want it. Cool. Well, hey, uh, it's funny that I've even been wearing this helmet and I didn't know all this stuff about it. Yeah. So it's been eye-opening for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for coming by and uh, best of luck with the drop. I I'm predicting two days. That'll last. Sold out. You think? Will last that long, you think? I'm I sure know. there's pre-orders already, right? No, we weren't, uh, we didn't do any pre-orders. Um, so yeah, it was just like, get what you get. Yeah. Okay, so April 17th. Hey, but you, let, let's, you wrote it. I wrote it, it's awesome. Yeah. So, I got it, you know, and I'm like, it's just like a new mountain bike, right? Oh, a new bike fever. Yeah. Maybe jaded by it. So I'm like, so excited to get it. Yeah. I'm like, oh man. It's going to be awesome. Sometimes it doesn't quite look But I put it on and I was just like floored by the comfort of it, right? Because even though the flex is comfortable, yeah. for instance, my Japanese corners in the back of my head, I get pressure point there. Yeah. Like for a 20, 15, 20 minute moto at Paris, yeah. it's fine. But I wore a brand new flex at that GM or big six I did. Yeah. And it was like 90 minutes or something. Yeah. I think I told you, I'm all, dude, I took it off before I pulled the goggles off. Yeah, you know, because I had pressure points. Yeah, and your blood pressure goes up and that yeah. makes sense. So. But, uh, you know, I've, I've worn it. I wore it trail riding. And so that was three, four hours. And I didn't take it off even when we were sitting there talking. Yeah. Um, super comfortable, super light. It really vents well. And my thing is that, like, I've always liked bells because they're quiet, right? Yeah. Even going back to the Moto 7, that didn't have ear holes. Yeah. So the liner was straight against your ear. So that was super quiet. Yeah, yeah. And when I've worn some like ECE spec Euro helmets, yeah. I can't stand them because they're so dang loud, right? Yeah. You don't want to hear every noise your dirt bike makes, right? Because there's some fatigue associated with that. So yeah. when I got this, I'm thinking, oh, vents more, it's going to be loud. Yeah. To be honest, I know I know you said some of the feedback is it's a little louder than the nine flex, yeah. but I can't tell. Yeah. Like I, I think it's great, and it's yeah. light, and uh, I, I think that's the. Um, it's the cohesiveness of everything, you know, we really tried to dial all that in so that some of those, like, the fact that we're moving more air through it just means that it should be louder, right? Mm -hmm. But if we work with the liner and the shape of it and where the venting is, like, the venting is really centralized towards the top and the mm -hmm. front and the brow and less uh, around your ears, you know? So, like, we tried to focus all that and tune it really well so that we could get the performance out of it with all that negative. Obviously, we do get some more noise, um, but like you said, and a lot of people say, they, like it's actually a little bit of an enhancement. So. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was great to see you uh, try it for the first time, and you took that helmet off, and you had this sober look on your face. <laughs> and you said, I don't, I don't want to be a hype guy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really good. So guys, if you're listening, be sure to check out uh, bellhelmets.com, check out the Moto 10 Spherical Mips, and uh, yeah, invest in yourself, invest in protecting yourself. Benny, thanks for coming by. Yeah. Um, guys, thanks for listening. If you're listening and you want to see, go to our YouTube channel, and uh, be sure to like and subscribe. We'll talk to you next time on the uh, Swap Moto Podcast.
Thanks.